There's a Sony event. But will it be PlayStation? Probably. Well, I was rudely cut off by my intro. I didn't know. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, uh, Corporate Bet Brett Beck, and my nice, uh, you know, anyway. I too am in work clothes. My name is Saul Bridges, and this is episode 148. Lucky 148. Lucky 148. Uh, if you've never joined us before, we are a PlayStation-based podcast, but we talk about everything from the competition on not only the manufacturing side, like Xbox and Nintendo, what we see them doing that we like or dislike, and what we'd like to see Sony either copy or steer away from. Uh, but of course, on the publishing side of, as well, we talk about Activision, EA, all the publishers, uh, Bethesda, whenever they get themselves in, in, in issues. <laughs> uh, but... With that said, uh, you can find us in audio format over on podcast services, be it iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, any of those. Or you can find us on YouTube in video format. Uh, and if you like what we're doing over on YouTube uh, and want to talk to us, we like talking to you guys down in the comments below where you can, of course, always chime in on the community stake section where once uh, every episode, we uh, at the end of the episode, we pose a question to you, the community, and then the beginning of the next episode, we go over and look at your thoughts and input on the question that was asked, uh, which we have a good one coming up today. Uh, that was, of course, in relation to our last episode about uh, what's the most exciting aspect of next-gen consoles, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, starting this thing off the right way is by asking my good friend and long-term uh, partner in podcasts, Saul, what have you been up to? What have you been doing in the three days since we last recorded? Yeah, I, we should actually mention that that this is going to be a really weird episode. There's no news at all. Um, I mean, there's one piece of news that I know about. <laughs> there's no point. There's Yeah, like we, we're recording on a Wednesday, and... Um, yeah, it's it's super early in the week for us to record. So yeah, you guys are gonna get kind of an odd oddball one uh, with this one. But this week, since I, well, it's only been three days. There only I didn't I haven't played any Slay the Spire actually. Um, this is the first time in a while that I haven't went back to Slay the Spire. Well, have you played any games in three days? I have. Yeah, I played. Uh, I reinstalled and started up Red Dead Online, and that has been really fun. I mentioned last week that um or three days ago i guess it feels weird saying that yeah. but i mentioned in the last episode that i wanted a multiplayer game to play with friends that you can you know create your own character and carve your own path and stuff like that and work together and i didn't realize that red dead was like the perfect game waiting for that for me and i love the the world of red dead i love everything about it really and i just i, I i'd never finished the story so this is actually going to be fun. At some point later on in this week, maybe Friday night, maybe, um, I will probably be playing with Ryan, and we'll probably be going through some shenanigans and stuff with that. Depending on how or late you guys play. Such. <laughs> yeah, shout out to our buddies. Um, shenanigans and such. Go check them out on Twitch. Uh, they do streams for a bunch of variety of different things. Go check them out. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ooh. depending on how late y'all do that on Friday, then I will probably join you. But I've got to find the game. It's still so expensive. And I it's guess a Rockstar game. The, the problem I have with that is not a problem with anything other than the fact that I technically own it and have the ability to play it on Xbox One X. Um, Thanks to a buddy, uh, and I do not have it on on PlayStation Four without having to rebuy it. So it's uh, it's a mixed bag. I kind of 
you know, I'll, I have to see if I can find it a little cheaper. I'd I'd prefer to pay around twenty for it since I've owned it before. It's my fault. I shouldn't have sold it. Uh, Scoop up some games you don't play anymore, and uh, I've already done that, man. I've trimmed every bit of fat I have. I, as soon as I get done well, with a game, now I'm trading it in. That's the that that is my philosophy. There's no need for me to keep games around that I may or may not get back around to. There's only there's very seldom games that made that cut. Uh, Near Automata, obviously, I will never get rid of. I love that game. I have the original Near still. Um, I have, still have. Uh, well, really, I did trade in a bunch of them. I mean, I, I kept Dishonored too because I love the game, and there's a chance I'll go back to it one day. But I traded a bunch of stuff in. I guess that's the really cool benefit that you don't really think about with digital games is that if you if if you're not one to trade in, or if you are one to trade in games and you go digital like I have, I would have definitely traded in Red Dead by now. I did yeah. it with Grand Theft Auto Five, but I didn't. I couldn't, yeah. so it's digital. So I just went and reinstalled like and 120 gigs of it. I think that there is something I've de- I've been debating buying it digitally, but it's still full price digitally. That's why I'm I not have surprised. It. Yeah, Rockstar. Uh, games. If it was 40, I might even do it just because, like, hey, take the kick for trading in the first time, but then also I'll never be able to trade it in again. Yeah, that's one of those things where you know we still don't know the long term aspects of that. Whereas if on a really sad way, gaming just bombs out and people don't actually end up keeping playing them in terms of in a business that's viable, then you still have like, you know, if you have physical games, regardless of if there's internet or a server or anything, you always have access to these games. Uh, technically if the other thing goes down, it's one of those, like, it's almost like a doomsday thing Actually, where it's like I'm, you really wouldn't it's very unlikely that these things will happen i'm glad it's totally possible i'm glad you said that because i actually saw a comment on a reddit thread not too long ago about uh digital versus physical and i was kind of reading through and somebody said uh very verbatim something like uh i find it funny that people think of physical games as, as food and as a, a doomsday prepper as if it'll never yeah, go bad and really what and i mean the, the game market will crash and they said everybody take a look at steam and even xbox and i was actually surprised they brought that up because that's kind of a good point of like what do you mean by xbox's point i mean most clearly mo- steve mo- steam makes yeah most sense. games like um most games that you have wanted to play in the past decade is still available on xbox digitally so that they're still going strong within their consoles. That's kind of a good console oh, example. Yeah, but and and I shouldn't say when I said doomsday, I don't really mean like in the end times where like you have to make your own no, electricity no, no. and try to yeah, play. Yeah, you're it. talking about but like yeah, a video it, game crash of yeah. some kind. And yeah, it, and it's the thing is, is that a lot of people want to act like that's not really a possibility. But clearly, we saw the video game crash happen in the uh, in the 80s. Uh, I think before, that well, that was way before the before Nintendo came really back and rebounded. Got started. Uh, but my point being is that it's clearly possible, and it just comes down to what your view of ownership is. I mean, if you own the disc then you genuinely own the game uh, if and, and the ability to go and put it on any console, anything at any given time, regardless of any outer, you know, uh, outer force being required. But, you know, Maybe. It, it, but I mean, at the same time, you technically own the data and the rights for the game. Yes, that's essentially it. You, you own a license when you own it digitally, which is not that different. I, th- I think it's just a it, it really does come down to do you want to own the game in the full concept of context of ownership where you can go and give it to somebody if you don't ever want to play it again and they do? Do you want to let them borrow well, it? And it's kind of subjective. It, it's a weird option. It's you know? subjective in a weird way, too, because if you have a game like Red or not Red Dead, uh, Rambo Six. You know that's an online only game. Sure. So if those servers, yeah, there are definitely kaput, games that don't lend themselves. Your well. yeah, your your physical attachment to that game is literally going to be a useless disc. Yeah, you know, and and I've actually mentioned that whenever the the D- Destiny Two thing happened, where I had the opportunity to just buy the entirety of the uh, um, 
Forsaken nice thing. Oh yeah, where it was it was for it was cheaper for me to just go ahead and buy the game with all the Forsaken DLC and everything else bundled in than it would have been for me to just buy Forsaken because of the way that it worked out. Yeah. So I kind of was like, well, yeah, it makes sense anyway. And I don't have to worry about the Destiny disc being around. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can switch to it. It's an online game anyway. The the, the disc is literally pointless. Yeah, it's like Final Fantasy VII Heaven's Word. Every one of their expansions, to my knowledge. 15. Or Final oh, Fantasy not 15, 15, 14. No, no. Oh, yeah, Final Fantasy 14, Heavensward. Uh, or online, I should say. All their expansions, to my knowledge, have come out as a form of disc. Shadowbringers, Heavensward, mm-hmm. um, And Realm it's almost Reborn. always uh, with collector's editions, too. Because uh, Elder Scrolls that. does that as well. Hey, I didn't know that. But, yeah, everything comes out on a disc with that, too. So, if you know, if you, if you, if you like that, I'm not hating against you. It's just ever since I went to phys- or digital, it's just so much of a... Uh, of a easier more convenient lifestyle for gaming um in the sense of i like my switch i got a new switch i just downloaded everything and let it sit there for two hours and download everything i'm and bing bing boom i'm done like yeah and if handheld I carry it around, are the ultimate example of digital being more convenient yeah and it just is true you know you can have a carrying case that lets you carry a certain number of games but it's not an endless number of games and then you have to worry about them getting lost or falling out or something when you're doing it. it's again all things that are unlikely but they do happen yeah. and it kind of does come to that point where you know my big thing about why whenever on my vita i actually did buy a majority of the games digitally because it gets to the point of well i do go out and about with this it means i don't have to carry these things vita also i don't had carry really... my playstation around so it is one of those things for me where i would rather stick with physical more often than not i'm not opposed to digital i'm not going to not buy something because it's digital you know what i mean vita playstation for whatever reason treated vita a little differently in the digital market their games tend tended to go on better sales i think that's just because it's the only way they can continue to make money i guess vita. so yeah uh, because, I, I remember they, fairly out in the lifestyle like even like i got the vita i would say a year out of launch mm-hmm. maybe and then ps plus you already had uncharted gravity rush there was like one Man, more big game. those were big times though that was back when they had the instant games collection and that's actually what it was called yeah uh and it was always the idea of when as soon as you join ps plus you still get monthly games but these games are evergreen on yeah there. and then eventually that changed i wish and you had big before had that now yeah well they were PS3 slowly... had that man infamous 2 was on there you, um, you notice now other than playstation now to get like free games it's only playstation plus Instead, it would seem like to me that they they took that cool idea of hey, you get this instant collection. Now you you just got to sign up for now. Like it seems like they funneled that into now in a sure. sense and put a paywall behind it. Kind of like what Pokemon's doing. Like come out with like DLC for like thirty bucks. Which to be fair, most of that stuff should have been in the game, but it still seems like a lot of content you're getting. It's, thirty bucks is way too high. But then Pokemon Home on top of that being two dollars to. Uh, Two dollars a month or two dollars a year, whatever it is, or maybe even just two dollars to send out your Pokemon from bank to that. But then you have to upkeep the bank costs, which is like five dollars a year. It's like you're putting all these little features that should be there behind a paywall. Yeah, it's it's a very odd one. But we're all this big. We're we're big tension. What have you been playing? Uh, well, uh, I, I ended up beating uh, a way out and with with Mr. Matt, and it was fantastic. Got the platinum on it. Went back, like I said, it's a platinum that doesn't tie into any of the things of the game. Besides, essentially, there's one trophy, and it's a trophy for getting out of prison. It's the only trophy in the game that you just get, mm-hmm. uh, which is I love. I just think that's a really interesting way to do things. Um, but man, did the end of that game go just so great? It, it's so good. Uh, I and I would love to do an in depth talk about it. Uh, but it's one of those things where you really don't want to... Re- it's more about talking about it with people who have experienced it and not ruining it for people who may have yet to experience it. If that, How long was that game? Uh, not very long, about six hours, seven hours. Me and, me and Annie might actually it's, try it's that game. It's adequately priced for yeah. what it is. I think you and Annie would both very much enjoy it. 
Yeah, she she's still been addicted to Elder Scrolls Online, so it's gonna be hard getting her off of that. <laughs> Even though Sims Four is now free for PS Plus for the month of February, so that'll, hey, there goes that'll, there goes piece of news. Probably is it really? Yeah, that, that'll probably kick them off. Yeah, so just go ahead and get that out of the way. February has got uh, the Bioshock Collection, which is which great. for anybody complaining, not only is that three fantastic games. Who is now, complaining about that? There are people saying that it's still not enough. And that I'm wrong. This is not a big sentence. This, this, I've only seen a couple of people yeah, doing this, it. This month right here is actually a really good month. You get Sims 4, which is a good game that'll last you a long time if you like those games. You get a bundle of get, three remastered fantastic games. Yeah, you're getting like 30, uh, easily 30 plus hours out of Sims. And you're probably getting around 60 hours total with Bioshock Collection if you really try. And that's not even counting the bonus game, which is Firewall Zero Hour for B, for VR owners. And that's one yeah. of the best VR games. So that I think across the board, they they really nailed it and knocked it out of the park this month. And, you know, I, I like the way that they choose to do this. They've done it before, of course, but the idea of the bonus game uh, where they kind of go, oh, it's a bonus game. I, I really hope that this is, a move, this is a move toward what I already think they should have done if they're trying to get people to buy into VR. One of the easiest ways to get people to buy into something is that they already come into it with a library. So if you if you start giving one uh, VR game a month away, that's uh, what I was going to say. The bonus game should always build. be VR. Yeah. Well, and I don't even and think it, it should be, be considered a bonus. I think, but even if it's once a quarter, you get a VR game. Yeah. It's going to be easier to get people to pull into something like that. But on the other end of what I've been playing, after getting that fantastic platinum, very great game, um, I went and uh, I told you that Call of Cthulhu was yes. $10 on sale. You texted me, text me last night at midnight knowing damn well I was asleep. <laughs> Did I text you last night at midnight? Yeah, it was like 11 something. Oh, dude. Either way, the game is just insanity. So it probably was one of those involuntary responses where I was essentially like, Saul has to do this. You gave me like a very vague description of the game. Like, oh, oh, oh I remember what I told you is that it goes for games with gold next month. That's what it was. Oh, never mind. I'm so reading, you're going to be able to play I'm it for free. Yeah, I'm reading something you said in Discord, I think. Yeah. If I remember. But yeah, you still text though? me at like 11 28. I did, and I knew you were asleep. Yeah, I went to bed at 10. But I didn't so. want to forget to tell you that that's what had happened. I see, game's you, I really see cool. almost every day at work. I don't think you would have forgot. That's true, but it may have happened. But the game's very good. Uh, it's it's. I, I'm actually a little disappointed in myself in not picking it up earlier. There is some occasional graphical things where it's like, ah, man. it's it's it, A lot of the time, you can almost forget it's double A just because of how interesting and gripping the story is. But occasionally it'll put just a really weird-looking character model animation or something in your face, and you're just going to be like... Oh, it's double A. Huh, it's double A. It's not bad. It's just like... And it does a lot of ambitious stuff. It's got a destiny system, so when you do certain things in the game, it will affect your destiny, which affects different things. It's got a sanity meter in the game, so as you go through the game... It it does have RPG elements. So as you go through the game, some of the decisions you'll make will affect your sanity in a bad way. So it actually makes you break your sanity and have worse episodes. Um, There's a lot of mechanical backings that I really love. Um, There's a GameCube game that did that, and it was really good. uh, Was it the Siren... No game was it? That was a PS2 game that had some camera. I don't know, there was some kind I of. I think this was. I never a, played it. It was a was GameCube exclusive game, I think, and it was essentially like your health was a sanity meter. It wasn't a health bar. Oh yeah. Um, now I can't think of what it's called. I never played it, but it someone else has talked to me about it. It's really good. I think we've talked about it briefly before. Yeah. Um, great, great idea. But I, this one's the same way. So it's got RPG light elements. You know, you have uh, dialogue options when you're going through and talking with people, and a lot of them can lean on whether or not you're skilled enough in the element so like you can talk to people and you can choose to test your eloquence and if it 
sometimes it'll let you try it, but you can still fail because it's a check. Sometimes it immediately reads it out because it says you just don't have the ability. You don't have the necessary uh, skill to even try it. Uh, I like that. It's kind of cool. And then, so four of the skills, I want to think, uh, I'm pretty sure it's four of the skills, are uh, based around you finding stuff in the world uh, and getting to use them. And as you use them, you gain CP, which is character points. And then the other ones, the other two are medical and occultism. And throughout the levels that you're put into, you can read books. And You're going far enough. You go far enough. I want to figure those out on my own. Okay, well, I, I, I won't say it. I won't say much it else than that. It's a great it's, game. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing it now that I know for sure it's it's free next month for Xbox. Yeah, there's no reason not to play it um, for you yeah. in particular. Um, but great game. I hope that if anybody has any mild interest in it, it is doing exactly what I expected out of a game that is supposed to be. Uh, how am I forgetting? Um, Lovecraftian. Yeah. Uh, it, it's doing exactly what you'd expect in all well, the best ways. And I, I like a lot of the gameplay twists that they put in with that. And what's crazy is that as I was playing Slay the Spire, like last week or the week before, um, I was sitting there thinking, like, I really want to go back to Darkest Dungeon because that game did Lovecraftian horror really well, too. I never played it, but I oh, remember looking at the art for really it and thinking, good. wow, this is crazy. Yeah, it, it's a really cool mix of, like, high fantasy Victorian era with Lovecraft. And it's... It's really good. If if you like a hard turn-based game, um, you're gonna love this game. Also, if you love games like um, me and Andrew were talking about it at work, and I told him like I was like you you would actually probably like this game because you can it's turn-based and that's one of his favorite style of games. Sure. And I said it's really hard. He's like I doubt it's hard as Final Fantasy. I said oh, trust me. Like any NPC you encounter that you recruit can die forever. And that's, I think that's on the base difficulty. Wow, really? Yeah. So it's kind of have Fire Emblem-esque like that. And that is Darkest Dungeon? Yeah. You're about? Okay. And I think that's if they fully die, like lose their sanity. and Because it's such a good game. I actually kind of now want to go download that on Switch again. So I may go do that and play that tonight after we get done. Okay. Since I yeah, don't that's like pretty cool. Booting up the PS4 and playing Red Dead. I haven't played anything else, but I have had my eye on Red Dead. So uh, Call of Cthulhu's really had me zoned in, and $10 is what's such a steal for. If it's still on sale, go grab it, uh, though it very likely will not be at this point. Uh, but it's, it's normally 40 bucks. I Actually, I would go on the limb and say, from what I've played so far, I do think it's worth 40 uh, But that is definitely going to be a personal value where you have to kind of understand what you value games uh, if nothing else if it goes on sale again for even as low as 20 i'd say anything below anything 20 or below is a dead you you need to buy it and play it if it has if it interests you in the slightest and you know what's interesting too is that vampire another double a game you've recommended is also on games pass mm -hmm. so i can actually finally i actually i did start vampire on pc on games pass but um dude and, and the thing is, is these are all focus home happened. interactive i you know one it's of the things the i too? really yeah, Call of oh, Cthulhu wow. is. I'm telling you, man, as a publisher for what they're doing, there's so much freedom that you can tell is granted to these people in making these games, and the budget is just modest enough to be okay with people doing it. And you get some really interesting, different games than what you'd expect to see, and I love it. I don't really know that outside of Bloodborne, which I do think could be argued to be AAA. Um, it is. Uh, then you get you get the point of Bloodborne's one of the only AAA games, AAA style games, that would really choose to delve into something like this. Um, Spoilers. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's definitely one of the, but even the way that Bloodborne does it is still kind of on the surface level and it's tied into the world, but it's not something that you're necessarily interacting with in an RPG like way from dialogue, since that's not what those games are about. Dialogue is, is mainly where it's enacted with other than visually. What do you mean? 
Well, when I say dialogue, I do mean dialogue options. I, I should peel oh, okay. back and say that. I, I mean in the sense of like, RPGs oh. that give you the option to use things. Yeah. Uh, and, and it goes in. And a lot of that comes down to it, just very simple things of how you choose to. Uh, this is a crazy thing, but something as simple as taking one drink. Me and, uh, me and one of our patrons and, and good friends, Mr. Brian, uh, Atlas Unchained, mm-hmm. we were talking about it, and he said the same thing. He took one drink and immediately, see, that's changed your destiny? Oh, God. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and it makes sense, too, because it's set in a time period where prohibition is, is active in the United States. Uh, so alcohol is really a weird thing, and you're on an island where prohibition is not a thing. So in terms of setting up all the story, it's, it's really interesting and unique in the way that it tries to set these things up. And for the most part, I think it all lands very well. Yeah. Uh, and some, a lot of it's just in the strive to do something different that you can, we say it all the time, some things can only truly be explored in gaming in the double A sphere or in the indie sphere. Yeah. Uh, and that comes down to just, uh, that may not always be true in terms of, cause you, you could very well get a triple A Lovecraft game uh, that is very in-depth and very, you know, and that may happen one of these Wasn't days. Wasn't there but, a horror game that came out not too long ago? That was a double A game that was Lovecraftian. There was another, was uh, it? F- well, what do you mean? A horror game? I want to say I started with an F. Like it was a first person horror game. I think it may not be Lovecraftian, but it was something that came out not well, fatal I, frame. No, it's not fatal frame. Um, I'm not sure, but you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people confuse call of Cthulhu with is if, if you don't know much about it, is there was another game that came out very close to it. That was called the sunken city. No, that's um, not it. But that's, that, I didn't think, I think that's the what sunken, you were talking about. Wait, no call of Cthulhu. Is it, I, I wonder how heavily it's based on the book. Cause I've read the book. Or the short, the short, or the novella, or whatever I guess you'll sure. call it. I, I, I mean, I can't tell you. I, I don't know because um, I think one of them was based on the book, and one was based on a tabletop game. But I think that there's a Call of Cthulhu tabletop game, so I, I may be just misremembering it all. Um, I don't know. That's weird. But yeah, there's well, the a, Call of Cthulhu is a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. So. Right. That's that's the original Cthulhu story. Yeah. Um, but I'm just trying to think like. If, if that's the board game I'm thinking of, because I think there's a board game called Call of Cthulhu, a tabletop game, I should say. But I don't, I don't remember if that's if that's it or not. It's well, I'm those. just looking real quick and seeing if I can find anything. But I, what? There, somebody, y'all, let me know in the Discord for the podcast discussion. What was that? Or even on Twitter, what was that horror game I'm thinking of that starts with an F? And how long ago would you say? I thought I was tightening up my mic and I ended up unscrewing it all. Uh, I would say like a year ago. Maybe. Hmm. Not sure. There's. I mean, this is a very interesting list. <laughs> There's a. It showed Quake as being Lovecraftian for some reason. Is the new Quake Lovecraftian? No, I don't think so. I don't know why it's on here. I didn't decide to read through it. It does mention Darkest Dungeon and Sherlock Holmes The Awakened, which I'm not surprised that a Sherlock Holmes game has decided to you know, dip their toes into Lovecraft style stuff. If I recall, there is a Sherlock Holmes like story that does that. Very probably. Yeah. It's probably, is it very likely what it's based off of? There's a game on here that I don't recognize called Canarium. No, that's not it. But I'm not sure what that is. It might not be Lovecraft. You know, it just might be a horror game. And that, I might be just confusing it around the time of the release of something of, else. No, of Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not sure. Um, either way, that's about all I've been playing and all I really intended to play. Uh, with how busy stuff has been at work and some other background projects that I'm being involved with. Um, So we'll see. And I'm trying to do this thing where I watch a little bit more movies uh, and there's, that's tied to something else that's going on. But uh, 
that there'll be a time and a place for that. Yeah. I am really kind of curious if I can find it. Not that it matters too much, but now it's going to bother me. I'm one of those people too, where when you know, you should know something, but you just can't quite get to it. And it nags at you until you can figure it out. You know what I hate about that sensation is how many times have you been like, you know exactly what you're talking about. And then as soon as you pull your phone out to finally give in and go Google it, you remember it without even having to Google it. I was kind of hoping that would happen. Yeah. But it didn't. Sometimes I'll try and fool myself, but it's almost like if, if it knows that I'm trying to pull my phone out and trying to get myself to remember it, it doesn't want to work. But if I'm just doing it cause I'm like, I give up, then it wants to give me, you know, my, my brain decides it wants to work and give me what I'm asking for of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, it's not fear by the way, people. It's not agony. I, I really doubt fear would have come out a year ago. <laughs> no, yeah, that came out like what, two years ago. No, fear? wait, no, I'm I'm confusing fear with prey. You're oh okay. I thought maybe you were talking about layers of fear, which is a horror game. Forest is that? No, that's not it. it. It looked, it looked. We happy few. What is this trash list? Gamespot or is Great Game Rank? Um. But yeah, so what news do we have? I know that PS Plus games was one of them. It that was it. Like, that was all. Oh, okay. I, I was making the joke. I mean, there's some stuff going on, but a lot of it's just so much in the rumor field. And I mean, that's that's constantly that's going on what our, that's as what we our, lead into uh, the thing. So the, yeah. The basis of this very loose topic is. So I guess, you know, we, we do have time constraints, so we're just going to have to kind of go and the episode ends where it ends. Thankfully, last week, even though we didn't give you one the week before, uh, was a very long episode. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, but going into this one, we do got to do our community's take before we go too much longer. Yeah. yeah um, I knew so you were get instead to of that. worrying about news, we're going to deal with community's take. So, of course, community's take question was simple. With next gen on the horizon, what is the, uh, what is the most important aspect it can bring in your opinion? Simply better graphics, the severe decrease in load times, bigger worlds, or something else. Uh, over on Discord, Mr. Elchabib, longtime friend and listener, says, given my recent accumulation of backlog, my most important aspect would be backward compatibility. Is it necessary for me? No, but definitely a huge plus. Having only one console to play all my games would be easier to manage. I am all digital, so it'll be an easy transition to the PS5 if that's taken care of. Now, to piggyback off of that, and actually something that someone else mentioned, I'm going to go over to Twitter real quick. Um... Because I, I do think that backwards compatibility is a very big thing. Uh, Mr. Austin, who is Grand Lotus 96 over on Twitter, he says, all I truly want is disc-based backwards compatibility. All that other stuff is sort of what you expect from next gen. Backwards compatibility would blow my mind if PlayStation slash Sony actually went and invested time resources to get it done. And he goes ahead and mentions that from Xbox and next gen, he wants killer new IPs and a Fable reboot. Uh, which goes back to what... Uh, LTB was talking about in particular of when you have this, uh, it, it is good that you're that you're digital, all digital, because of course it'll make this transition even easier. But I do really hope that for people, when you're going to go forward and say, hey, we're going to continue to go forward with a disc-based system yeah. uh, instead of going all digital or all something else, if you're going to do that and you're going to give backwards compatibility this light that they've shown on it like they have, shined on it like they have, uh, then you have the thing of, at some point, it's going to feel foolish not to have disc-based backward compatibility. Now, you can technically look at the Xbox One in a very weird way. It has disc-based backwards Selective compatibility, disc -based back but it's really only disc-based backwards compatibility so far as you put the disc in. It confirms that you do own it, and then it downloads a digital copy of it, and you play the digital copy. Which is fine. That's, now, if, we're also, really... if you're being honest about digital, physical games right now in this day and age, 
all physical games are just a medium for getting the game to transfer into your hard drive so that it can play from a digital copy anyway. So in the long run, it's more about just having it to where people who have a physical copy of God of War are for some reason not outed. Now, if it, if I, the thing is, is with how similar the PS5 is going to be, there's almost no reason for PS4 disc not to work, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But I extend it a little bit further in my response to Austin uh, was that I really think there's something great about the idea of having physical disc-based backwards compatibility and digital backwards compatibility all the way from PS1 all the way through PS4. That way you have PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 disc all readable and playable if you happen to own them. That will make... It's one of those things where sometimes when you had, uh, you know, if, if you had PS1 backwards compatibility this generation, which we did not, and it was only digital, it would kind of look weird to go look on your shelf and be like, well, I already own um, Final Fantasy VII. Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy VII, whatever it is, and then go, well, it's, it's here on the store, but I've got to rebuy it. Oh, I've, and, done, I've done that. And, I've done and that. no wrong. And I know people have. I, and sometimes it's because you guaranteed a copy that works. You don't know if your physical if your physical copy is going to work. Ease of use, if you just want to be able to easily go between it. See what but it you was. know, it's one of those things for people that do like the physical medium. Why not give them the ability to put a PS One disc in and play it from the disc? If it's there, it's in good shape. I mean, as somebody who still owns Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two on physical PS One disc, I would totally slap that bad boy into PS Five. I have slapped it into my PS Three backwards compatibility model, even though it's PS one they're all backwards compatible i've played that game on ps3 a number of times from the physical disc just because i could and i thought it was fun yeah i've done something kind of similar to that where i have the eight mile blu-ray and <laughs> i like i was literally sitting there and it was like across the living room and i was like okay i'm gonna go ahead and go put this in and then the ps4 had to download a media player or something like i forgot what it was it wasn't PS4 if you had to download Media Player. It might have been the Xbox, which did make you download. It might have been the Xbox, okay. Yeah, the Xbox does make you download Media Player and for I, Blu-ray, or it did. I think it still does, but it for sure did. Well, I remember I I, uh, I literally went to YouTube, rented it, and then I just cast it to my TV, and I'm like, I'm done with like that. I'm like, I... I know the compression. There's compression problems. There's all kinds of different I think the, the money is the biggest thing there. You already own it, and you paid more money to rent it. Three bucks. Just to keep yourself from having to wait long enough to just download this thing. Yeah. I don't remember if I was on time because I am probably sure I First probably wasn't. World problems. Tyler Haynes on Twitter says little to no load times, one hundred percent. Although this would cut down my Twitter scrolling significantly, which is interesting. You never think about that, but there has been times that I was like, I went to a loading screen and I'm like, oh cool, I pick my phone up and it's done. I'm like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, absolutely, man. I, I do that myself in terms of social media as a whole. I yeah. normally try and catch up on Discord in load me. Yeah, and then you, and then you it's done loading. You're like, dang it, like it's it's not even a point in doing it. But to pat to back off what he's talking about, it's actually one of the things that you're going to see more often in the double A game sphere. Going back to me talking about Call of Cthulhu, the way that it chooses to do everything, it's of course you're in hubs of areas uh, that you move around, and there are levels that you just essentially move around. Um, the downside to that and the, the optimization that they were allowed to have given the budget, time, and the resources on the team, of course, means that there are big load sections between each chapter. Um, it's mildly annoying, because, and it's really one of those times where they're kind of long sometimes, and it kind of makes you start thinking, wow, you don't realize just how much time you waste sometimes. Because when you play when you play some of the biggest AAA games, it's a one load and done because they have the money and time and the yeah. talent to optimize heavily. So when you're playing Horizon, you, you literally are just loading once and then playing the whole game. 
more or less. Yeah. But when you're doing something like this, where you have a pretty large load chunk every 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how quickly you move through the uh, levels and whatnot, and if you're exploring a lot or what. But with that being said, it's one of those things where you're like, man, this is like what I hope the SSDs really bring to the table is of course AAA games are going to and big studios are going to de- delve into this technology and use it in amazing ways but what i really hope is that it gives smaller teams that do not have the manpower to try and super um optimize for loading on a current gen console i hope yeah. that it really makes even smaller teams gives them the ability to have a game that really does have minimal or or very, you know minimal loading times and screens in comparison to what they had this gen because of the nature of the hardware itself you know one of the things is with what we have here if you really have the time energy and 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 money you can really say well we're going to dedicate a group of people who make sure this game loads as little as absolutely possible but when you don't have that and you're like you know what we have is a lead artist and a lead designer and lead and you go through all these things it's like okay well we don't really have it in a budget or the need you know we don't have a big enough team to have paying three people to make sure that this game loads everything very minimal it's a different type of game but it is unfortunate how much of time I've spent. Uh, I was thinking about it last night when I played a very long stretch of the game. I was like, man, this loads a lot. Yeah. It, you don't think about it, but now that they're talking about it so often, it's kind of like, man, this will be an interesting thing to see be essentially a token of a time past in games, depending on how amazing it really is. It could be less than what they're saying, so you got to be careful, but getting the thought in your mind is still interesting. I've also pondered about the, the one of my biggest pet peeves in a video game, and that's you watch a cutscene, you get gameplay for like less than three or four minutes, and then you're back into another cutscene. I wonder if that is as a new way of fancy loading. Like a Very similar, likely. like an elevator is and stuff like that. So then, I hope that disappears. I do too, I but that. I don't think it's that because the problem with that is, is if if you're trying to just load, then why even tease me with four seconds of gameplay? Because it's better than none, I guess. In their mind, when it's not, I, I would it's rather the worst. I would much rather you just show my character walking forward for four steps than me walking forward for four steps just for another cussing. To yeah. Start. Uh, in the similar vein of this discussion, uh, Blaze twenty one hundred two said also that he would love to see the reduced load times. Yeah. One that got me. That is kind of an interesting one is Josh on Discord. He says, it may seem like nothing, but so many Sony commenting on how they were disappointed in, uh, in that audio hasn't changed since the PS3. And he said, I'm very interested in what they're doing after buying, buying Audio Kinetic. We don't know uh, what they had planned wise as um, uh, 3D audio for PSVR is what they're doing now. Will it be exclusive to PS5? Essentially, he's curious about what Audio Kinetic did and what i will say here is the reason why some of the audio is not great in a lot in a majority is that these are massively overly done not overly done in a bad way but over like humongous file sizes where the audio gets compressed you save space on download times all kinds of stuff but people also realize that when you're listening to audio through a headset you're doing it through a a 3.5 millimeter jack through a bluetooth connection your 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 controller has now become a wireless adapter for your headset. Um, something I've noticed is that it, with the Astros, with my mix amp, with it being optical, mm-hmm. the sound is crystal clear. Yeah, sounds great, and it even has 
great audio spacing in terms of not not quite surround sound, but I can tell like this is on the right side of the room and this is on the left. Yeah. Now, you know, that's one of the great things about just using a dedicated headset instead of one that plugs into your controller because you're right. When you go into the controller and you go through 3.5, 3.5 is already a, it already experiences loss to the audio quality. It's one of the big uh, reasons that phone manufacturers try to lean on as to why they are getting rid of the headphone jack despite people wanting it to stay is that USB-C is a lossless transfer. Yeah. Uh, so or I'm not, I, I actually, I'm not sure I may Less be speaking loss. Of, I, I, it may not be lossless, but I think it is lossless. It, I um, think it's, uh, if anything, I know for sure it's less lost, but yeah. I don't think it's lossless. Um, that's a fun phrase to say. Right. Uh, uh, also though, another thing with this is that, um, your TV, your TV and surround system may sound absolutely amazing, but that compression in certain things. Um, watch the Blu-ray. Like, go if you have a 4K Blu-ray player or a normal Blu-ray player, watch a Blu-ray and then stream uh, uh, that same content. You will notice a massive difference. You absolutely and will. This, and here's the crazy part: we have the first four seasons on. Um, uh, of Game of Thrones on Blu-ray, I mean on DVD, because Annie's a peasant and bought them on DVD, and <laughs> they sound better audio-wise than I, than on HBO Go, and that's DVD quality. Yeah, um, that sounds better. So it, it could be a multitude of things. Whether they, I think 3D audio is one of the things that is. It, it really is just a fancy way of saying 7.1 surround sound in a way, because 3D audio does work in a different. <sighs> location to location basis but it is the same thing in, and, in a sense it is around have, sound we have some examples of 3d audio and a lot of that comes down to how can you make audio be more 3d in a game without having to have people have something that already tells you that uh, that already does that so you can still do a lot with 3d audio within a stereo field you still have a left and yeah. a right now of course it gets it's, more nuanced when you have and even then 7.1 surround sound half of the ones that use it is all virtual it's, it's, it's virtual it, yeah it's, it's, it's not finding real. ways to manipulate the audio so that it sounds away but i really i think that's what's going on here i think that they look at some of the benefits that the audio processing box for the VR has done for them. And there are a lot of great games. Like when you, as someone who's played resident evil seven, both on normal and on VR, mm -hmm. uh, the, presence of sound is so much better in the VR version even if you play the normal with headphones if you use the same headset and it's yeah. because of the way that they have a box that can actually sit there looks at your movement ties it in the audio of the game and then processes it out in a way that found that sounds natural to what your head would be doing the same now that's use... important when you're moving your head of course but on a normal game you can still really sell immersion in a much better way if you can find a way to look at what the player is doing where they're moving and manipulate the sound around that in a way that feels more natural more nuanced and like oh okay i move my i move my scope of vision in a first person game you know two inches to the right well, that does have an effect on the way that you hear anything. It's yeah. a small one, but if you can, the more that you can give people that, the more you can get. And a lot of that comes down, I think his interest, of course, is Sony's talking about, um, they already talked about how audio is not made a jump, but that was made in conjunction with the statement about ray tracing and what it can do for audio. And that's such a crazy statement because I just, I don't know. It's, yeah, that's something else I, I'm curious to see and, and kind of tie with this is that, you know, ray tracing audio being a thing and how, how that's going to sound versus something like, like 7.1 surround sound. Because to be honest, if you have a if you have a headset that has seven point one surround sound on it and it's a wireless headset, it's digital. You and it's being emulated. Um not saying it's bad. I actually the Logitech uh G nine thirty three Artemis headset I have does really, really good virtual surround sound. Um but yeah, 
it's just one of those things that, and, and I know Josh knows all this too, because this this man's a music expert. Um, that that the way that you that anybody typically listens to audio through their uh, PS4, um, unless you have a sound setup for a sound bar and a subwoofer and even um, speakers around for surround sound, it it's gonna it, no matter what, it's not gonna be the best quality it can be just due to the amount of compression that everything has to go through. I now, forgot what. Thankfully, it, it's so much less on on Xbox and PS4 because of Blu-ray. It's actually one of the biggest upsides to it uh, than it is on things like the Switch, man. Uh, I'm actually surprised because going through and playing Vita games recently, mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually really surprised I've, that there's there Vita never really had a huge problem with compression. No, but even the Switch primarily shows its compression problems on games that were intended for console and had to be ported over. Dark Souls uh, remastered. I was gonna say I've never had an issue with sound compression that I've noticed except on Dark Souls remastered. Yeah, story th- heavy games are an issue. I mean, but even games like on the Vita thing, I gotta give it its credit. Uh, it's it's important now to be to give it more of information around this, the need for speed, most wanted 2012 port for the Vita, which was the criterion made most wanted, not the original. Uh, the port of it was made by criterion, the main developer instead of out, out instead of outsourcing it to a different developer. And it not, but of course there's going to be a graphical decrease, but because of that, you got really better graphics than you would have gotten out of a port house. You got a much better audio sounds and it's amazing. I, I played both games and besides the visuals, they are spot for spot exactly the same, and that is amazing because you see things like The Witcher Three or any or uh, even something that's more linear like Wolfenstein Two or um, Doom Twenty Sixteen. Whenever these things start coming over to the Switch, you start seeing them have huge audio compression yeah. things, and, and the, it, it's you wonder: is it just laziness, or is it because you're trying to fit on a specific cart? And yeah, I think it's it not, is the cart. It's, it's not laziness; it is the cart. Um, it, it is definitely the size of the the, the cart and the amount they. So for those that don't know, a very quick rundown of compression is that you take a master file and in order to get it to fit into something else, you compress its size down, which will then reduce quality. Um, the same thing you see somebody take a 1080p image and you cut it down to 720p and stuff like that, you can lose quality, especially if you do it in certain different formats. Well, if you take audio, say you have an 18 gig audio file and you compress it down to seven gigs, you lost half of the quality of audio. And that doesn't always mean it's a direct half lost. It just does there mean, it does mean that you have lost quality. Half of the information you had to work with is now gone. It's now, now gone. whether that means a net loss of it's not half 50% of what you can, always. what you can notice. Yeah. yeah. But, and that's, and I think that is a reason why is that, uh, the switch that the, uh, dark souls had the, 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 the compression issues with the audio. It wasn't a port, a remaster of the port that came to PS4. It was a remaster of the original. So since the, and, and that's what I mean when I said, you know, back while that, that Dark Souls on the Switch is actually kind of cool because it's more of the original game yeah. than the PS4. They took the original audio files and compressed those. Those are already decade-old audio files at this point, just about 2012. Eight years old. Whereas Dark Souls remastered is on brand, PS4 is brand new. Is, is, is remastered audio. Uh, re, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's an upgrade, and this is in, in every sense the the word a downgrade. Yeah. And Dark Souls on Switch, by the way, is amazing. Just uh, don't turn your volume all the way up. Well, I'm I want to give about like two, uh, a couple more because. Two of them that I find pretty interesting. They're over on Twitter. One of them is Mr. Shadow Zero Zero Wayne. He says, "To me, it's just good games and exclusive. Obviously, graphics will improve and maybe load times, but the genres—I mean, sorry—but the games are what makes or breaks a console. And that is a really—that's a sentiment that a lot of people share. And that's you know, I I like that he says games and exclusives because it's—it's more than just about the exclusives. It is about the for most people who play games as a hobby." 
they play more things that are from a third party publisher than they do first party just by the nature of first parties not being able to put out to the same degree to match up with six other large scale publishers. Yeah. Um, and then the last one over on, over on here is Mr. Aldrich Jansen. He says, gameplay improvements. Obviously, better hardware caters to this, whether it's a better CPU for more complex AI or the custom solid-state drive for increased loading speeds and faster world streaming. Also, very interested in dynamic animation technology like Naughty Dog is doing in The Last of Us 2. And what I like about that is that people often lump these into graphics, and I know that that's what they mean when they say better graphics. They they really do mean the inclusion of better animation, but I like that he dug down specifically to For animation. For the animation, yeah. Because it's not about the detail that you can see from a, oh, I can see this many, this many more fibers of horse hair in this horse because of this and this and that. Instead, it's, hey, you know what really sells me on something? Even if it looks crazy and non-realistic, the way if, the it's, horse hair if moves. it's animated in yeah. a specific way, then it sells it in a better way than you otherwise could. Because, you know, the thing yeah. animation is such a crazy thing that you could have a game that looks real and the moment you go to move, it all falls apart because none of, it's, none of it reacts in a way that feels natural. Blair Witch. <laughs> Don't, don't, do not get that game. I don't care if you have Games Pass or not. Kiki, as a matter of fact, this is a challenge. You got an Xbox recently. If you have Games Pass, download it. You just said don't, and then you said No, I'm telling Kiki a challenge so he can feel my pain. Okay. The game's awful. Oh, man. Worst okay. horror game I think I've ever played. So, Saul, this was your uh, idea of a topic. Uh, I'm going to let you kind of charge the way and lead the way. Sure. So, there's been a lot of, like, rumors uh, and speculation about a Sony conference happening in February, you know, we joked around last episode or the episode before that about it being February 7th because it falls on a Friday and it's February, Friday the 7th, FF7. And we've seen February 29th now um, as a reserved event for Sony. We don't know if it's dedicated to PlayStation or not, um, but it, it seems to be concrete that it is something for them. And just in general, that it, it, it seems that especially in the Twitter sphere, which is where I see all this, I don't see it a lot on Reddit or anywhere else, but like that, that it's more speculated that it, this is going to happen this month. And I find it weird because to be fair, this topic for me was brought up because it sounds like a fun topic to discuss, but in reality, it's very shallow. There's, n- there's not much they can announce at something like this at a launch event. And the reason I, I'm bringing this up is because I kind of want to hear what people are going to say about it as a community's take more than anything, is that if you remember back at the PS4 launch, uh, or the PS4 announcement, it was very professional. It wasn't done in any outlandish uh, format a la uh, Xbox One Series X. It wasn't done anything like that. I want to back it up a little bit more from that, just because I don't know if I'd agree with the term professional. And the reason I say that is because it wasn't buttoned up in a sense of like it was a very good mix yeah. i feel like it was buttoned up enough to where people who understood all the tech and stuff and wanted to know the business side could kind of be like i understand where they're going for this but it was and fun at the same then time it was also one where a normal lay person could watch it and kind of understand it yeah well, and they and they interstitial so they would show you something that was very information heavy on specs yeah and if you don't understand specs you were like well this is kind of confusing but then they would simplify and go well this is what these specs mean and then these are the this is what this is it and still still more professional professional than what you typically see for a console reveal. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. I just thought it was in-depth. And yeah. normally console reveals are not that in-depth, not even from a standpoint. To me, I thought it was really interesting that at the PS4 reveal, they chose to not show the box. 
And it seems like they're very likely going to show the box this time around. I would hope and so. And even the PS4 Pro reveal, they showed the box. At what the was end. what was the date of the of that PS4 event? Was that in February thirteenth? It was February. And that's part of the, the thing that makes this interesting is that I think a lot of people are looking at the PS4 and for Sony to mirror it. And I understand because I've done it occasionally too. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it from the standpoint of the PS4 being incredibly wildly successful, right. it makes sense that Sony would, or at least it makes sense in a lot of people's heads. Yeah, Sony would look towards that and try and mimic some of that because they did it once and it led to a great Allow success. Me. And why break what, why, why fix what isn't broken? So follow that same standpoint. It gives you plenty of time to build up and, and and get people ready and hyped. Gets you plenty of times to show stuff. And even though they're not going to be at E3, it lets you kind of pull that off. So the February thing is almost entirely stemming from the fact of PS4, at least early things. And now it's just the thing that I think, even if none of the, none of this is true, right? Even if by the end of this, the PS5 is not shown in February at all, it all it's comes down coming to, this year. What if that happens? Yeah, that'd be crazy. But either way, uh, well, I'm, it's not going to happen, but it would be crazy if it did. Uh, well, it, it comes down to right now, the February PlayStation 5 reveal is considered one of the industry's worst kept secrets. But the funny part is, is that there's nothing quite concrete about it. There's plausibleness to it. Like you used the word concrete a second ago, and I I don't know if you meant to. It's concrete that they have a date set aside. Yes, it's concrete that they have a date set aside. But but we don't. It's not concrete that it's PlayStation. Yeah, but it's definitely plausible that it'd be PlayStation. Yes. Hence the whole like kind of opening thing is that I I don't think this is a PlayStation event we're gonna see. I don't care. It's on a Saturday. I'll watch it anyways. But that's the thing is. There's so many other things. New camera. They don't do laptops anymore, really. So the, no, they new don't. TVs. It, it, you know, people have talked about um, Sony's official entrance to the AK TV market and stuff like that. It could be something related to that. It could be the new Sony wireless earbuds because they've had their their really good set of wireless earbuds out for yeah. about a year now. It could be a multitude of things. It doesn't always have to be PlayStation. Now so. here's here's the thing about that though. In relation to what you just said. Everything that they would have shown, normally what they do is they use CES, which just recently took place, and a lot of well, people thought was going to have a PlayStation reveal. What, what I'll say it, about- It's funny that it came down to that because it's normally CES is where they show the weird things. And if they're going to have an entire event that's dedicated to a specific place that's not a show, that's not a thing, it, it would seem like, okay, for, uh, it, Sony did not consider the Sony car- to be a big what? enough thing to design. Did you not see the Sony car? No. Okay, yeah, Sony's making a car. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> go look it up. But, uh, but my point being is that they did not see a car that they are making and going through as a big enough thing that they needed to show it outside of CES. They took it to CES because it's the right spot for it. But PlayStation, not being an E3 where you would normally show these things, it, there is more of an onus to be like, okay, we do need to show this somewhere that's a dedicated event and something that we're curating. And it worked before. Why would we not do it this again? This could be a car so showcase. I'll it, turn that shit off. It really does I'll make turn me that think stuff off. with CES being so close behind us and then being so tight-lipped on PlayStation, it does seem like now is the time for everything to coalesce together. Now, with you having a Sony thing that's booked and guaranteed booked in this thing, it's it, it doesn't take that – it's not even a leap. To, to think it's PlayStation I, PS5. Okay, so let, let me it's, say it's this. It's more like a little, you know when you're walking on the sidewalk and you kind of skip a little bit to, to skip like a you're, crack? You're just falling cause. asleep at night and you feel like you're falling off a cliff. <laughs> but uh, When you fall asleep with your arm halfway off the bed and then you go to sleep the rest of the way. Have you ever had that happen no. to you? No. Why are you an animal? Oh, I know, no, this doesn't happen to me normally. But there's one night where I just crashed in the bed 
in clothes and I never go to sleep in clothes just cause I don't, yeah, I don't like being hot. But my point being is that of course I just crashed somehow. And when I, I woke up because the rest of my body started feeling like it was falling off the bed. Was it? Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, are you getting these phantom pains? No, but, no. um, I think I, I, I want it to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. And that's mainly a subverting my expectation thing. We kind of saw that with Sony E3 last year. Um, so, and I mean, Sony E3 this year, not last year. When you year. say you don't think it'll happen, do you not I don't think, think it'll that be the February 9th event is PlayStation related, or do you not think we'll see it in February at all? You mean February 7th? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll see Play- well, PlayStation. I thought it was a Saturday, and 7th is a Friday. Friday, Friday final, or, or, or Friday, February the 7th, Final Fantasy 7. That's final Fantasy second- is delayed to be a PS5 launch title. <laughs> I'll burn it all down. And they've decided to actually cut half of the game, and now Final Fantasy VII Part 1 will be Part 1 of Part 1. Do you mean that they would cut even more of the game than what they already did? Yeah. they definitely have now, less than half. Now Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 will have a Part 1 and a Part 2 to Part 1. <laughs> but it'll have no save. load screens. I'm going to make a hologram projection to send, and I'll put it on Twitter. Save me, Yoko Taro. You're my only hope. <laughs> But okay, so I think that I think the event's gonna happen. Obviously, they have plans for a, a room. I I don't think it's gonna be PlayStation. I want it to be, but I don't think it is. This information would have never gotten out if it was. They would have kept this much more secret. They would have booked themselves under a different name or something. They they there's no way they could have made this kind of slip. I'm not gonna say that because let's rewind back. And of course, I'm the one who just said that people are looking too much at the PS4. But it is a good view of what Sony's done in the past. It is. But that's so when the, you look at what Sony did originally with the PlayStation Theater that they have in yeah, the Sony theater. Yeah. What they did is that's in California though, ain't it? New York. So what they did is it's a New York, it's a theater that they, all they're doing is kind of like, you know, when uh, you have the AT&T wireless center. Yeah. It's not a AT&T didn't build that. They're just paying for the rights to, well, what's the one in uh, on Dallas called? So uh, the airline, yeah, um, the American, American airways or yeah, American airlines. Yeah. Stadium. Again, it's just a marketing ploy. Right. So this is the same thing. PlayStation did, Hey, we're going to make the PlayStation theater. Uh, and then what they also chose to do as a sponsor there is they're like, well, now we're going to have, they did that. And then someone, I, I'm sure that someone was like, they could show off console here. And then they said, hey, there's, bam, here we are, revealing console in the PlayStation Theater. Which means that it's not, it doesn't take, that move makes sense. If someone this goes, ain't at the PlayStation oh, Theater, is it? Oh, I don't know. So I'm going to look it up. I did see the the thing, but I'm wanting to double check. I don't think it is. That's that's why, that's that's where my whole connotation that this would be more tight-lipped comes from. If this was a surprise reveal of something, we would have never known. They wouldn't have booked it under Sony, or that. No, there's no way that information could have gotten out as easy as it did. All right, let's look. This is a Tweak Town. I don't know what that is, but it's the first thing that came up. <laughs> this is like a myth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it Tweak Town blog. or tweak is it? Town. Twe- I think it's a Tweet Town. Tweak Town. Uh, <laughs> wow, uh, it's a guy who gets messed up on meth and then writes about video games. It's not, but either way, uh, says Sony, let's see, the leak is from 4chan, so prepare your salt shaker. Former senior marketing manager in the PlayStation Vision, the post continues to say that the final planning is happening for the PlayStation Meeting 2020 event. Now, when was this posted? Hold on. This is August 13th. My bad. No, yeah, I was going to say, hold on. We're not getting our information from 4chan. Here we are. That's where the fun leaks happen. That's the fun leaks where they, they, they get so realistic with them or not realistic but get so fantastical with them that you want so it to here goes a push square article that's from yesterday at 11 a.m it says yeah that rumored 5th of february ps5 reveal event ain't happening and that would have been a wednesday which actually would have fit because i think that the last one was a wednesday uh, for well, ps4 that's the problem in terms of people looking back to that's the, the problem i have with what you're saying but go ahead I'll, I'll talk when you finish let's see um 
could something PS5 related still happen? It looks like this isn't talking about that leak. So I do know what you're talking about. Uh, do you know if Josh put it over in the Discord? He, I don't think he did. But I know that I, think, I saw it. And I, I think that's the issue that people have is that they're subverting their expectations to what has already happened. And they're basing it off of that, which is the Sony we have now. It's not the Sony we had then. So that's not going to be the case. I highly doubt that they're going to repeat their steps the way they did in terms of the scheduling like that. Just well, we've, because it we've happened. already seen them not repeat their steps, right? They did two Wired articles. That's what I'm saying. They're they're doing different yeah. stuff. So you need to sub, subvert your expectations from what they've done in the past because it's not comparable anymore. Yeah, they weren't skipping E3s back then either. And that's the thing is that like they're they're completely kind of different in their mindset, especially with Jack Ryan. We don't know when this could be. We literally could not hear a peep until a surprise event in May. We don't know. I don't think the February event thing is going to be PlayStation. I want it to be, but here's the issue: is that people, I guess, because the direct style stuff they've done. They're now adapting the mindset that a lot of people with Nintendo do with directs. And they start saying, oh, we're going to get direct next week. It's leaked on Thursday, and this is what's in it. They're, they're starting to every week. There's a, a supposed leak, quote unquote, uh, of something that's scheduled on what it's going to reveal. And that's what happens with the Nintendo community is they're waiting for the next direct so that they start speculating. And then people for fun start acting like they know things. Sure. And it never is true. So, um, Or it very rarely is true. Okay. I'll just make sure I wasn't interrupting you. So so just to kind of give some information about what we're actually talking about, I did find it. Um, So here we are right here. It says, according to a Reddit post, a Sony sponsored event hall in New York, which is the Sony theater, uh, has a blacked out date in its scheduling on February 29th. So late February. Saturday. Um, But you said February 7th earlier. Right now, that was the original rumor. Okay, that that's, was the rumor, that's what confused That was me. the rumor that somebody said on fun for Reddit, and then people turned it into, into that. Into a real a rumor. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what you confused me on. I thought yeah. we were talking, still talking about this one. No, 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 no. Uh, so it says, currently marked as a private event. Some fans have assumed that since this is a venue with Sony's name on it, and the specific event currently has no name, then this would be a prime opportunity to announce the PS5. So people are grasping at straws so. even harder, because now there's no name attached. Mm-hmm. This blacked out date, this must be PlayStation. Well, because you know, it does a couple of things, right? So like February 5th, February 7th. If either of those were true, we would have had to have heard about it by now because you have to give at least enough time for the media to get out to it. Uh, if you're going, again, if you're going to follow PS4, you're going I, to invite like press week, that's still like and week, developers out. Still a week and a half ahead of time. That's next sure, Friday. But unless we hear about it like tomorrow, essentially. I, well, hold on, though. Like for, for any press to fly out, nobody needs a week. Like three days to fly, like four days, it's, maybe? It's planning. I mean, it's all about do you have, you know, what's going on. But I would, I, I would expect that Monday would be the day we'd hear <laughs> it because they would start sending out invitations like hey this friday yeah, yeah. it's totally possible yeah, that they I, still do but of course it's look <clears throat> excuse me it's looking less and less likely yeah and um, i mean I, I i doubt it i told i said last episode it's not gonna happen because that that date came from reddit somebody literally said that for fun and yeah, then people twisted it and turned it now february 5th date did not come from that no february, february 5th, 5th date has been for a long time a lot of people viewed that because i think it's because it's a wednesday and the original ps4 of it was right wednesday. which is again dumb, how much do you want to mirror the ps4's yeah, reveal yeah don't um, don't don't think that way it's not but february not the same company. is a prime time now here's the thing it doesn't have to be february but one of the things i think you, you're very right in this isn't the same sony and we're seeing them take a bunch of different or with this i should say this isn't the same playstation and we're seeing them take a lot of different moves revealing the logo at ces um reveal having the two wired articles that show off the ssd and then the controller and then the difference in haptic feedback uh they're being a little bit more okay with the idea of drip feeding information which is a lot different than ps4 which is like hey we're gonna have this big event we're gonna give you all the information yeah. at once besides what the box looks like yeah and that's essentially is, what it was yeah kind now, of let down but yeah 
when you go towards the idea of what they're going on now, it does look like they, you know, there's a part of you that wants to say, well, to get this out to the biggest group of people in a, in a manageable way and in a way that builds hype adequately for a system that's coming soon, that there would be an event at some point with them not being at E3. They have to show the system at some point. So you think sooner rather than later, there's going to have to be a big event that they're doing that on. Now that's just from that mindset. There's nothing to say that Sony won't continue to do a wired article every month. At some point that shows more and more features gives wired an exclusive article showing off the console and style, what the console looks like. It's definitely possible, but there is a, you're kind of doing this. You're dancing over the line of how much do you want to give cryptically to build hype versus how, when do you want to capitalize on that hype and then sustain it with something that's big, like a reveal where you can talk about games that are coming release yeah. date price, what the console may look like. Definitely. If you're not doing a, um, a E3. So with all those things coming together, I do think that more often uh, that more likely than not, we will get a dedicated PS five reveal event, whether it's in February or not, is just really hard to put your finger on at this particular point. Right. So, I, I, I and mean, that's that's what I want to extend to the community as the question because yeah, that's why we can kind of call it here. Is that what do you expect? No, I'll just do it this way. Going into February with this episode, do you think we're going to hear anything about it, and why or why not? Keep it simple because we yeah. already think we have an idea of what we, what we'll expect. Uh, then we'll we'll hear about, it. but I want to hear what, if you think we're going to get that or not. Um. And that's going to be the community state. Do you think that in the month of February we'll get that? Okay, my question to you, Saul, and this is just a wild, weird one. What do you think is one shoehorn, like shoe-in launch title, if you had to guess? Knack 3. The bold, <laughs> bold choice. I bet you, if anything, it would be Knack 3. Because I, I didn't play Knack 2. But I guarantee you, it could have a sequel to it, or technically a, a trequel. Totally could. I hate that phrase, by the way. Screw people who say that. The third is called a trequel. That doesn't even make sense. I've heard people say a threequel. No, that no, that makes I'm sense. I'm fine with, but, yeah. But trequel. Trequel? Or, 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 or threequel, I mean. Threequel? Yeah, three. No. See, now you... Trequel. You throw me off. T R I Q U E L. Okay, like a triquel. Tri- it's, that sounds like uh, that sounds like knockwell. You took too it many does. times. <laughs> you took knockwell. Hey, three give me times. one of them triquels. <laughs> <laughs> it's three times the dose. Um, yeah, my big my, one that I think is a safe bet to come onto that I'm still a little bit. I, I mentioned it the other day. Garlic dip and sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Saul's ordering a pizza. This man's hungry. Um, but the game I think could come as a launch title that would make sense to me while being able to build it would be an Astrobot Rescue Mission uh, style game that's not VR. That'd be kind of cool. And I think it would be family friendly. I think that I do think that, that we'll see that. I think one of the launch games will try and be something that's more of a catch-all. We've seen it with almost every system. PS Vita got Little Deviants, which quick rip big big studios but quick, you know quick side effect uh, or not side effect but side question if you want to answer it uh has anybody tried the domino's marbled cookie brownie <laughs> and I've, the, i'm not but it looks okay it looks okay yeah, yeah. i kind of want a dessert but i kind of don't but uh <laughs> that's it everybody thank you all for tuning in to episode 148 this has been fun no it's a shorter episode but we hope you guys are uh, okay with it with, it, with us recording earlier in and what we may try and do is like we did last time and make up with it for it with a with a longer more involved episode next well, this week is, this is 13 dollars on the dot it's on impressive. the dot don't you love when you do that you go through fast food and you order and it's exactly to a round number there's something about that to me that is just it's heaven but anyway we'll see you guys next week thank you thank you
<laughs> Thanks to our patrons, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan. Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanland, Quoi Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Solitary Red, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Dylan Kirby, and Sandcoffin. If you would like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash nartech and see what we've got. Thank you. <laughs>